The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman, Brett King, Cameron Colley and Alec Doughty. indeed everyone and welcome along to episode 126 of the boys of tech for monday 25 july 2011 my name is edwin herman and i'd like to introduce on the panel cameron colley from drinkle.com welcome along cam how's it going very good very good in fact uh, I don't know about you, but I, I spent a little bit of time on Twitter last night. And interesting thing, this is this is an example of social media at work. We've, there's a local company here called Hell Pizzas. I don't know if you've heard of them. Yes, we have them here. Oh, they've gone over there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. We have one just up the road. Oh, look, I apologize for that. So anyway, they did this charity thing. Well, they said they were going to do this charity thing. I think it was for Telethon, donating their staff time and making pizzas and, and donating the money, the proceeds, to one of the charities there, which was, I think, Child Cancer. So apparently what happened is they actually reneged. I think they gave some of the money, but uh, afterwards they, they reneged and uh, apparently the the top boss had asked his staff, "Is there any way we can get out of this?" And and they've reneged. Now, what happened as a result of that is on Twitter, there's been a huge backlash, and they tried to to do a, a response. In fact, they they well they did. They responded on Twitter, but their response wasn't exactly very uh, wasn't taken very well. What, what did they say? Well, they said I'll read it out. Actually, they said Hal gave kids can thirteen thousand dollars on the night and fed call centers and crew for free. Hal refused to give an extra ten k. Asked for weeks after when reports came out that the charity received only twenty to twenty four cents in the dollar. Kids can hadn't upheld their end of the contract. Article was fed to Herald by disgruntled bankrupt ex-employee. Oh, and reporter is good friend of said disgruntled ex-employee. Same guy who wrote about SFO probe full of inaccuracies. By the way, SFO is uh, short for Serious Fraud Office. And then they go on to say, article was published while said director is overseas and can't defend. Two sides to a story, people. So that was what they, how they responded. The thing is, it, it, I, I don't think it's the right response. Mm, no. It's not how you, uh, how, you, how you respond on social media if you want, unless you want, <laughs> unless you want people to continue hating you. That's right. And I was keeping an eye on the Twitter feed on, on that and a lot of people were saying they're boycotting hell, that, that they're not going to buy from them, they're not going to go to their stores and whatnot. So I don't know. It's, I thought this was a great example of how not to, to use social media and how not to respond. It wasn't the right response. It's crazy. Mm. And, you know, maybe there are two sides to the story. But look, you know, at the end of the day, if you're going to say you're going to do something, you really should stick to it. That's the way I see it anyway. Yeah, for sure. So let's look at some of the tech stories in the week just been. Well, the funniest one is the fake Apple stores that were found in China. Did you hear about those, Cam? Yeah, I know. I saw them. It's it's just great. I love it. <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh, the, the Chinese will copy everything, all these devices they copy, as well as now the stores. 
Get that. And it does. The pictures, I mean, from a distance, you would just be assuming that's an Apple store. I know. If I walked in there, I'd think I was in the real Apple store. In fact, it was so good that the staff apparently thought they worked for Apple. That's pretty amazing. But then you go and you see that Apple only has one P <laughs> on the wall and stuff like that. Like there's, there's just there's yeah. spelling errors everywhere on the signs. and. But they wouldn't know that. No, they wouldn't know that. Of course not. So... But yeah, it's it's fantastic. This is a, a, an amazing ripoff. It really is. Yeah. So yeah. So they've got the store, you know, and there, there are pictures on the net. If you see, you know, you'll you'll see this uh, very easily if you have a look. The the stores are you know the usual bright white sort of uh, you know layout, nice and clean, and they've got a real Apple products there apparently. Well, they think they're real, don't they? Well, that's right. They do. And exactly. uh, where they're getting from, them from, we're not. No one's really sure. Oh, look! It just looks like someone's gone the extra step, and they're hawking dodgy fake goods and putting them in a fake Apple store. Do you think the goods are fake? I thought the goods were real. I don't know. Uh, it's not It's not entirely clear where they're getting them from. I, I don't think it's necessarily fake products, but it just made me think that's a great business idea. It is really. I it's, mean, I mean, the guy's a, making a mint. Mm. Well, it just legitimizes everything. <laughs> really. And the other thing too is think about it. In the market situation, they're used to negotiating. If you set up a fake Apple store, people are going to come there thinking, A, they're getting the real deal. Secondly, they're not entitled to to, to negotiate. They'll know that, comp- that just isn't going to happen. Yeah, true. So that's right. They'll pay the price. So your return on products is, is, is awesome. Basically, you set the price and that's what people are going to pay. The response from Apple is typical, actually. It is that there is no comment. They're making no comment on this. Which is very typical of Apple. The thing is that that store probably doesn't exist anymore. It was probably up for a week and shut down again. Yeah, well, and it's gone. It'll just yeah, yeah, it'll just reappear in Westfield, Beijing, somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Well, if it isn't that uh, store closing down, Google Labs is closing down. Did you hear about that one then? Yes, yes, I know. Apparently, it's part of um, Larry's product streamlining. It's going to go. Well, I mean, it never really did much. It was always, a, it was just full of toys, really. Was it? I never, Toy, I never really yeah. looked at their, their stuff. It was just a, it was like, here's, here's the API, go make toys. So kids would come back with these really cool graphs done in real time, flash animated, you know, based on keywords. They look pretty, but completely useless. So you, you don't really think it's a particularly sad time? Well, no, it's not like it was anything serious. It was, again, it was just based on the API of you could grab certain keywords for things and, and as I said, make pretty graphs or, you know, I mean, play around. If it's still there, have a look around. You've been in there, haven't you? Oh, well, ages ago. Exactly, Years yeah. ago. But I don't yes. remember. The, there was a list of stuff, wasn't there, that you could look at, but I don't yeah, remember. Thing, yeah, just again, just toys based on the API. So, yeah, nothing really serious has come out of it. It's not like it's a real, you know, melting pot of ideas for the future of Google. Um, so, I don't know what they're doing. They're getting, I mean, I would have thought they'd sort of left it running. Maybe no one's using it, so they'd rather. But they've got ample money. They don't need to worry about the money, do they? Not so much the money. It's probably just more the appearance. Well, you know, there's this particular thing that Google have that no one's really using. It's right. run down. It's, it's wasteland. It's, it's a bit of wasteland, so we'd rather pretend that Wasteland doesn't exist so we look like a much more streamlined company. But at least it was pretty, pretty Wasteland. It was pretty for a while, but it's clearly just a, a dead weight now, so let's just cut it loose and move on. 
I'm sure that you know they'd rather have something that was going to really add to Google products, not just <laughs> make things look pretty on the screen, make your machine go ping, stuff like that. <laughs> so, shall we close the, st- the Google Lab story then? Yes, we should. All right, we'll move on and talk about the Massachusetts anti-fraud face detection system. So this guy has his license cancelled, I think. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, that's what happened. And it happened automatically because some anti-fraud software recognized his face and matched it against a database. Only thing is, it wasn't his face. It was just that it was a, it was a false positive. And so his license was revoked just like that. He got a letter in the mail saying, that's it. You no longer have your license. That's crazy. I know. It's, it's really crazy. So this is an example of a machine getting something wrong and having real-world consequences. How, how would That's, you feel if your license suddenly got taken away by a machine? Yeah, you, I can't you know, believe it. These are the sorts of things that, you know, back in the back in the old days, you talk about these sorts of things potentially happening in the future and you kind of think, oh, well, you know, it's not really going to happen. But it does. It does yeah. happen. And, and there That's you go. Right. He was, he was out, of, out of action for two weeks. He eventually That's got his just, license back, but but he had to grow a mustache apparently, just just <laughs> so, can, <laughs> so, so that we wouldn't look like the other guy. <laughs> he should just get a tattoo or something. Yeah, That's he has what, to walk. He has to whenever he's driving. He has to be wearing those like those big, uh, you know, those Groucho Marx glasses with the nose and and the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. it would have been easier just to have a, a tattoo of a QR code on him or something that identified him. That would have been cooler. It would have been cooler. So how about this iPhone then falling from a skydiver's pocket? I lands love it. It lands on the roof of a building and it still works. That's awesome. 4,000 meters it fell. That's just crazy. I know. Have you seen a photo of it? I know, but the weird thing is I've seen the phones like that look worse than that when it's fallen 30 centimetres, you know, onto grass. Like, I just don't know how, how that happened, but he was lucky. Yeah, he was very lucky, but he can't use a touch interface. A touch interface doesn't work, but the, the rest of the phone does. So he's able to make, make calls. You know what concerns me more is the fact that there are skydivers out there pulling out phones that are, are not tethered or anything that can be, that obviously do get dropped and could land on someone and potentially kill someone. Have you ever thought about that? That That's, phone from 4,000 metres would kill someone if it hit them on it the would. head. It would. It would. And he was obviously in an urban area. I know I'm going off on a tangent here, uh, but really, it's that's that's the thing that I thought of first. It's like, you mean you're over a an urban area and you're pulling out your phone as you're free-falling? I'm surprised uh, what, you did that, because imagine letting go of it. It would just hit you in the face. It would really hurt. I don't know. It just seems crazy to me. But anyway, it, it fell. It landed on a building. It's completely shattered, the glass, but it's uh, the glass is still there. It hasn't fall, fallen off, and the phone works. So I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> that is just incredible. I, I can see people doing doing their own tests now, you know, throwing their phones out of buildings and stuff. Oh, look, it works. Let's throw it out of this taller building. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So you're going to be trying this yourself? Yes, yes. It's along with the Queen. Next time I'm skydiving with her, we're both going to throw our iPhones Oh, that's out. right, because we, we agreed that she probably has an iPhone. Chances are. Hey, did you see the, speaking of the Queen, did you see the, the video <laughs> of the Queen being shown at the, at the palace? Kate Middleton's wedding dress, it's, it's on display. And the, the Queen's being taken round and, well, there's a group of them going round and the Queen looks, at, well, they've basically set it on this headless mannequin and the veil is suspended 
kind of just above it. So it's kind of like this ghostly figure with no head. And the queen, <laughs> you can hear the queen say, that's awful. That's dreadful. <laughs> She's not impressed. Uh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So anyway, that's uh, that's the queen for you. So anyway, that's our show, in, uh, short and sweet. Brett, obviously not able to make it this week. Same with Alec, but hopefully they'll be on board next week. Uh, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll take a short musical interlude because when we come back, there is one New Zealand story to talk about, and it's about schools and iPads, so don't go away. Welcome back. Now, one Auckland school has made iPads compulsory. It's on its stationary list as an item that is compulsory. What do you make of that? Um, If I was not expecting that, I think that's kind of outrageous. But at the same time, with a bit of warning, I don't see that as being an issue. But if you're a parent, right, and, and well, you are a parent, how would you feel if your daughter had uh, came home and produced the stationery list and you had to go and buy an iPad? Well, again, I wouldn't feel great at all. Um, but if she brought something home, say now, that said next year we'd like your daughter to have an iPad, I'd be like, okay, cool. Thanks for the heads up. I mean, because it is, what, $800 or something, seven ninety nine. Yeah, New Zealand seven ninety nine. Well, 800 New Zealand dollars being in Australia, that's, it's, it's a, you know, my daughter probably gets that for pocket money every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rub it in, why don't you? <laughs> you and your no. Australian exchange rate being very I high, I know. <laughs> I, that's all we've got at the moment, until you come back and beat us at rugby or something. But seriously, $800 is, you know. Look, it's a lot of money in anyone's book. Given that, you know, I'm sure that iPads are basically the same amount of a, a wage as, as anywhere on the planet. Yeah, no, look, I, I think as long as you're given enough time, as this article went, you know, the parents, they're giving them half a year. So they're basically saying it's six months away. I, th- I think that's fairly reasonable. Uh, I mean, the, the cool the, thing the cool thing is that if this happened to me and uh, I had to buy an iPad for my daughter, at least I would get to play with it. So yeah, that, that's, right. that's, that's the good thing. I get to, you know, have the iPad at least for some of the time, surely, uh, at least on the weekends, if anything. But. I don't know, I still don't like the idea. I'm not really keen on this idea of having to spend... They are great learning device. Look, don't get me wrong, okay? I'm, they're a great learning device. iPads themselves are just great anyway. There's nothing wrong with the device. It's just the expectation that parents can just fork out $800, even with six months' notice. It seems a little outrageous to me. And these are for year nine students, so what we're talking about 14-year-olds. It's not like it's a senior thing, you know, which we would probably get more, more benefit out of it. Yeah... But, you know, I guess on the other hand, it is definitely a paradigm shift. You know, the digital, right. the digital classroom and all that. So this is Oriwa College, and people there aren't exactly poor in that area of the country, but still, it's a public school. Seems, uh, I don't know. Anyway, it's a uh, sign of the times, I guess. Maybe it is, yeah. All right, well, Cam, that's pretty much the show. Short and sweet, episode 126. So thank you very much for joining us. Sounds good. And we'll see you again next week, hopefully with uh, Alec and Brett as well. In the meantime, thank you very much for joining us. You've been listening to New Zealand's longest-running tech podcast, and if you'd like the show, consider sending us a donation via PayPal at our website, boysatech.com. You can find Cameron on Twitter at Cameron Colley, and uh, I'm on Twitter as well, Edwin Herman. I hope to have you join us again next week. Till then, goodbye. Bye-bye. 